The following program is being brought to you on the 7th Wave Network. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit 7thWaveNetwork.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Welcome to Blooming in the Light with your host, Marie Helen Turan. Are you one of the many people who face challenges every day in your life and find it can be more than a struggle at times? Our program will show you that these challenges can be turned into gems based on wisdom and experience that you'll hear today. Now, here is Marie Helen Turan. Welcome. It is very exciting to have you today because without you, no sharing is possible. And because of you, Ideas for growth and happiness are going to travel around the world. You are listening to Blooming in the Light. I am your show host, Marie-Helen Turen. Like my Colemni page on Facebook, connect with, connect with me on LinkedIn, email me at colemni at gmail.com. Tonight, I will be chatting with my ex- ex- executive producer, And we will discuss matters so that you become familiar with me and see what we are going to be presenting on this show. What will I be talking about? Who I am? And see if you are interested in listening and sharing ideas with the rest of the world. So tonight, like I said, we are going to be talking with my executive producer, And uh, here he is. So welcome, Winston. It is a pleasure to have you. It is a pleasure to be here with you as well, as it always has been since our very first conversation. Yeah, it's been very nice talking to you. I have to say that um, you have put me at ease. You have prepared me for this, and I'm very grateful. Well, I'm grateful to you as well. A part of what I do as an executive producer uh, really is to learn, understand, know the topics and concepts that are out there in a broad sense that people do want to learn of, on, about, to, with, when it comes to their own natures. And then when I uh, got the information on you, And I really got to look into your education, your teaching style, uh, what you do, how you do. It really struck me to learn more of why you do what you do, which is why I reached out to you. I really really got that interest from researching you myself. And I know that our listening audience, once they begin to really uh, study, learn, understand you, They are going to find that interest, maintain that interest, and it's going to do nothing but grow throughout their time with you. So, I mean, really, really getting into you, okay, Uh, to give the audience a really good context. What I want to first do is actually start off with your show title, okay? And your show is called Blooming in the Light, Nourishing the Seed of Self. 
Now, when you were developing this concept and when you were developing this title, what of this title drew itself to you? Why did you really pick this title, Blooming in the Light, Nourishing the Seed of Self? Well, the, the idea, I mean, I have li- lived long enough that I have been exposed to many situations. And I have noticed that they have made me grow, of course. That's what life is about. And as we grow, we bloom. And that light, that universal aspect of life is what has helped me grow the most. That universal light, that universal love, that universal energy that everything is made of is the only thing that will give us our true dimension. And so I felt that this was what I wanted to share with people. The experiences I had, the, the techniques, the situations, everything that I have discovered, I wanted to share it like a regular person talking to regular people. I don't want to be any guru. I am not a guru. I'm just a regular person sharing just what has allowed me to reach a place where I'm comfortable and um, hoping that I can help people to bloom also, to reach that light, to find it. And the idea of nurturing the seed of the self is that You know, it's a little bit like the wave and the ocean. I know it's a very plain analogy. It's been used and used again. But it really is that. The drop of water can only have its full dimension, its full freedom, its full bliss when it is in the ocean, when it is one with the current. Until it goes into that level of life, it is isolated. And so that's why I picked this title. When really studying this title, as I do, when I see text, I really start to break down the language thereof, therein. And I really rather enjoy, and I'm going to start the, the end of your title first, Nourishing the Seed of Self. Okay, I want to actually pick on the word seed because that is a rather interesting word to use and to bring. Seeds are actually produced by outer forces that actually create that seed. So if one is to actually nourish the seed of self, that seed has to come to fruition, has to be manifested in some sense. In your thoughts, in your mind, in your expertise, in your training, in your belief, in your love, in your light, what are some of the uh, major factors that really create that seed of self in people? Well, it is the nature of life. It is that it is in each person we have this spark of the divine. That's what we are. We have this impulse of creation that manifests into individuality. 
And by nurturing that deepest, deepest, deepest aspect of ourselves, which is the divine energy, then we can grow and uh, bloom. How do people, from what you've come to find, of course, from what you've come to find, how do people find that seed? I mean, when we think of seeds, unless you're looking at a strawberry, (laughs) (laughs) seeds are normally, just as you said, you know, they're down, they're deep, they're buried, they're in some form of fruit, they're in something. You know, um, when how do how do people find these seeds of self? Where do they find these seeds of self? Oh, it's within us, of course. I mean, we are we are the expression of that. Like the expre- the tree is an expression of the seed. Uh, it is deep, deep, deep within us, and we can nurture it by reaching that level of universality within ourselves. That level where there is peace, that level that is beyond time and space. And then we can nurture it, and then it can grow and bloom. With you and who you are, your purpose that you know of yourself, of this seed of self that you've nurtured, of this seed of self that you've allowed to bloom in the light, what would you say really is your is your purpose in life well i'll tell you a story at one time my husband was working for a company where they were listening to reverend ike and they suggest that we write um an affirmation and i was trying i thought that's a good idea let me write an affirmation and it's just a small sentence just something to empower you and i i was going nowhere with that I couldn't really write a small sentence. I thought something that empowers me is something that is going to bind me back to my deepest level, to who I am, to who I feel I am. And if I feel that I'm not completely focused, if I feel that I need to recenter, then that sentence would be the thing to do it. So instead of writing a small just a couple of words, I wrote what I thought defined my purpose in life and who I really was. And I came up with a little poem. And it goes like that. I am the daughter of the sun and the wind. I was given to earth and sea so that they would teach me to let space fill my heart and stretch it Till it can hold the universe. And I've used that, sen- that's that little poem every time I've felt off, every time I don't feel centered, I go back to it. Because that's, what, that's who I feel I am. And that's what I feel is my purpose in life, to let my heart stretch till it can hold the universe. But of course, it's easier said than done. There are things I can't like. There are things I can't approve of, and I want, and I won't pretend that I do. But I can choose how I react to these things. I can choose whether I send hatred or I send compassion. And I have opted for the second. I feel that 
we should all look at the stars. When we look at the stars, the complexity of what we see is very humbling. And then it fills us with awe. And we are aware of the fact that we should only love and we cannot judge. We just don't have the means to do it. So we can disapprove of some actions, and we should, in my opinion, but we can still choose to react with compassion. And that's what I've tried to do. When thinking of your life choices, when thinking of the decisions you've made throughout your life's journey, when thinking of this show, I mean, what really had you, how did you decide to do this show? Well, first, you know very well, when you called me, I thought that was nuts. <laughs> I'm not <laughs> going to pretend. I am not going to pretend otherwise. I think, now, wait a minute. This is not a good idea. <laughs> <laughs> and then I went, then I thought, oh, gosh, but I have learned many things that are worth it, that are worth sharing. And, and maybe I can help some people. And I thought, I, I just have to do it. So that was, my, that was my first reaction. And then, of course, my second reaction is that some of the things that I have learned, um, I want to spread. And um, so that was one way of doing it. And, uh, you know, you told me 13 topics, 13 weeks. And I went, 13 weeks? How am I going to do that? I, I don't have enough to say for 13 weeks. And then I said, okay, let's just start writing down. And guess what? And <laughs> <At> all 13 <laughs> weeks <laughs> filled up in no time. I was wow, I was very impressed. So, um, yeah, my decision to do this show was, was to share because I've been given wonderful opportunities to grow, wonderful tools to, for growth, and uh, I feel that I should share them with others. Beautiful. Spot on. And a part of who you are, a part of what you do, a part of why you do it, uh, is a particular um, energy healing method that you used, and it's uh, called Kalimi. And I'm, yeah. I, I'm wondering how it is that you came to learn of this and what it is to you. Oh, it's huge. It is just huge to me. It's been a fantastic journey. And um, it is an ancient energy healing technique that uses the universal light, you know, the and there was light. <laughs> That's what you use. That's what we use. And we're made of that. That's the first aspect of creation, and everything is filled with that. Everything is made with that. So we all have it. So logically speaking, it should not be difficult to reach it. And that's what we do when we practice Kolemni, we reach that, there is a technique that is taught, that I have been taught to use and that I teach people to use to reach that level of our own functioning 
and to use it to help others. You speak so much of the light, and then there was light. This is, this is what we use. Uh, this is what we're made of. A lot also of what we're made of are the things within the light, are our um, different journeys throughout our lives. And you, wonderfully, are a special parent. And how would you say actually being a special parent, how would you say that part of your life's journey actually allowed you to bloom in the light? Oh, this is a big topic. So I think that we are ready for a little break. And when we come back, I'm going to tell you all about it. Perfect. Kalamni is an ancient, proven technique of energy healing. Kalamni uses the universal light to stimulate the healing mechanisms of the body. It's very gentle and yet powerful, and it can easily be learned and successfully practiced by anyone. You too can learn Kalamni and help yourself and your loved ones to feel better. A three-day training workshop will be taught by Marie Helen Turan in Cedar Rapids, Iowa on August 26th, 27th, and 28th. For more information or to reserve your space, visit MarieHelenNow.com. Click Kalamni, then Courses. Tune in each week for the Awareness Marketplace with host Michael Daly. The program focuses on raising our vibrational awareness despite everything that life throws our way. Between our guests and input from you, our listeners, we'll talk about a variety of topics that you need to know about. Each week also features a Words of Wisdom segment designed to set the vibration high and set you up for the coming week. The Awareness Marketplace is heard live every Saturday at noon Pacific, 3 p.m. Eastern on 7th Wave. Ask Theo Live is talk radio like you've never heard before. Following her near-death experience, world-renowned author and spiritual medium Sheila Gillette became the direct voice channel for Theo, a consortium of 12 archangels. Through this unique channel, Sheila and her co-host Marcus Gillette present you with an opportunity to speak directly with Theo live on air on any topic you wish to discuss, including receiving authentic messages from deceased loved ones and angelic guides. Get the answer you need by tuning in to Ask Theo Live Talk Radio. Tuesday mornings at 8 a.m. Pacific Time, 11 a.m. Eastern Time on 7th Wave Network. You're listening to Blooming in the Light. To reach our program today, please call 1-866-472-5795. That's 1-866-472-5795. You may also send an email to kalamni at gmail.com. Now, back to the program. We're back. So uh, now I can answer that question about about being a special parent. Now, being a special parent um, has been an enormous thing in my life. Uh, I was very young when my son was born with Down syndrome. Yeah, I was 23. He was my firstborn. So uh, the first thing was a shock, obviously. But I very quickly realized that it was an enormous tool for growth. And um, I would learn so much if I just went with it. 
which was not difficult because this kid was just so loving and so fantastic that um, I just went with the flow. And the things I learned, uh, the first one, and they're not in order of um, importance. They're just, you know, uh, I mean, just I just have to start from one to four, but that's all there is to it. So one of them was to give with any expect, without any expectation, because um, I have three, two other children, and God knows they're wonderful too. But I expected some. You expect that around one year old, they're going to start walking. You expect a few things because they are normal. With my Down syndrome son, there was no expectation. It was just God giving and loving without anything, without any expectation in return. And that in itself has been an amazing practice. And whenever something was given... It was just like the heavens opened up. So it created a receptivity for awe, really, just wonder. I, was, oh, I will always remember the first day he sat up. I collapsed on the floor in tears of joy. Mm. I have to say I don't remember when the other two sat up because it was no more. So it really expanded my ability for joy and my ability for giving. And so that was one of the things that was uh, very, very amazing. Another thing that I learned from being a special parent was it trained my perceptions. It expands your attention abilities 360 degrees because things don't come out as clearly from a child with Down syndrome or other situation as they do with so-called regular kids. So you have to be more aware. And then you hear something. You hear that particular word that shows you that this was understood. You hear that particular, like the day I saw him getting my, um, it was, uh, what do you call these things, uh, measuring tape. Mm-hmm. And I hear him counting. I hear him seeing, and he was three, and I hear one, two, and I go, oh, my gosh. He is reading the numbers. So he will be able to read other things. If I can re- re- recognize one symbol, he'll recognize another. And again, heavens open up. Mm. And um, then when you realize that, you become very, very aware because people with special needs are not less. They are differently able. That's a very big difference. And so we have to train our own perceptions to perceive what they're able of, to perceive what is there, to perceive when something that we don't have or that is not so developed in ourselves expresses itself like intuition, you know, that is coming back on Friday. No, that is coming back on Saturday, you hear. You say, no, 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 that will be coming back on Friday. And he kept saying no. Very often, this kind of thing happened. And then what do you know? Dad was stuck in Denver with a snowstorm, and he came back on Saturday. So when that happens a few times, you become very careful. You listen. You become more available. 
So that is also something that trains your own growth. Um, it creates a bigger world when you have uh, a special person in your family. Um, you just don't distinguish so much. Don't put barriers. And um, also, it gives us that kind of love that is bigger than what we thought we could thought we could give. It pushes us beyond our limits, and uh, it is a wonderful thing because when our hearts are just blown open, then we're happier. That's just all there is to it. So I'm very thankful that he was born to our family. Very, very thankful. It was not always easy. I will not tell you that it was easy because that would not be true. But boy, was it worth it. You touched on something in that story, uh, as you did the first time we spoke, which is why uh, my interest in you grew immensely. What you touched on is entering without expectation. Uh, to me, in my mindset, expectations cause a myopic nature because you limit yourself to the set of options you expect. Um, people who have been in uh, monogamous relationships or uh, romantic relationships of any type, uh, there is this instance to where there's this uh, uh, confrontation and people are asked, what do you expect of me? What do you want from me? I've always gotten in trouble in these conversations because my instant reply is, I expect nothing from you. And then it's taken as an insult. Well, then why don't you expect anything from me? And I say, well, once I start to expect things from you, that I actually start to lose sight of you. If I'm expecting you to do certain things, then I miss out on all the other wonderful things that you're able to do. And this is what I hear in your story. You know, having your child opened you up to start to interact with your environment without expectations, which increased your options that you actually had because now you weren't expecting anything. And now you have so many more options for joy. Am I proper and correct in saying that? Yes, you are. Um, you are because the thing is that, you know, it's a little bit like the magicians, if you're expecting something, they can bring an elephant on the stage and you won't even see it because you're expecting something else and your attention is directed towards what you expect. It's the same thing in people. If you focused, because, I mean, when we expect something, there is some focus there. So we focus on our attention on what we expect and we don't see what's there. And then we miss everything. How did this lack of expectation really help you in your, um, in your healing training? Oh, that is a very good question. When we work with healing, we don't do the healing. 
I mean, if somebody says, I'm a healer and I can do this and I can do that, just run away from that person. (laughs) We don't do the healing. (laughs) Nobody can heal anybody else. Only the body can heal itself. So whenever somebody tells me, I have this or that situation, can you help me? I said, I will try. Kolemni can do wonderful things. It has done absolutely fantastic things for me, for my family, for the people I've taken care of, and for the people I teach, for the people I train to practice Kolemni. Their results are just magnificent. But it is not them, it is not me. It is the technique that allows the body to heal itself. So there is no expectation. And I always tell the people, I cannot tell you what will Kolemni do for you. Because there is no way of knowing. It will do for you what your body will allow it to do. And uh, it is, again, it's the same thing. I mean, usually when I do a healing, I work very often a distance. Because when you work in the field of light, you know, and there was light, that level, there is no distance. So we can connect with anybody, anywhere, instantly. And that, too, is an amazing experience. Because it shows us that we all the same thing, we all the same energy. And there is no such thing as distance. It's just something that we're trained to believe because of our perceptions. So usually after a person has received a healing, I will have them call me to see where they are, if they have questions, what happened, what they felt. And then I share what I felt also. I might have something to tell them. And um, every time I wonder, I wonder what happened. What, you know, did it work? Of course it worked. But, you know, how much, what came out? And so often when the person tells me what happened, I mean, I have tears in my eyes because, again, the heavens open up. It's just a gift. It's fantastic. How did you meet your actual trainer? And, and, and how, when going through this process of, you know, meeting your trainer and, and studying and learning and whatnot, how did you even decide to learn from your initial trainer? Well, I'm really picky about who I learned from, and that should be a compliment to you. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> I, no, I'm really picky. And one time I met a man. I was with my meditation teacher. Uh, I practiced transcendental meditation. I learned in 1973. And um, I was with Marish Yogi. And he had a visitor, and this visitor was a healer and an alchemist. And he told me, do you know that you have the gift of healing? Well, we all have it. If we have the proper technique, we all can use our hands to heal others and ourselves. So, you know, he, he, he was right, but I didn't know that. But I said, if I put my attention in my hands, I feel something. And uh, I would invite our listeners at some point to do that, to just close their eyes, put their attention on their hands. And do they feel something? There's something there. So, anyways, uh, that years later, you know, I wasn't going to learn from that man because I didn't feel comfortable with him. But years later, my husband got hurt. He was stitched, and he, 
he was given medication and he couldn't sleep. He was hurting. So I said, well, you can't give you more medication. Let me try something. I tried something and it worked. But I knew I wasn't doing it right. I knew there was more to it. And I really wanted to do it right. And it was very clear to me. This was incomplete. And one day I was in the forest and I think, I was just thinking, where is my teacher? Who is my teacher? I need a teacher. Who is my teacher? And I was, I was very, very shocked to have an image come on the screen of my awareness. A woman, a Native American woman, about in her 60s with a long braid on the side of her shoulder. And I thought, golly, who is this? And uh, I looked and, you know, made notes of that vision that came. And then I thought, but where is she? And I was even more shocked to, re- to see on, again on the consciousness, on the screen of my awareness, the map of the U.S. And it was West Virginia. And I thought, this is wonderful, but... I have three young children, including a special one, and I'm not going up and down the mountains of West Virginia to find myself a Native American elder. It's not happening. So I thought, I'll just remember this, and maybe one day I will meet her. And one day, a few months later, I pick up the little newspaper, our little weekly reader, And she is on the front page coming from West Virginia to teach a healing technique called Kolemni in my hometown, Fairfield, Iowa. And I was completely shocked. So there was no decision. You know, there was a decision made that I knew what I was doing was not complete and I wanted to to do it well. But when when I saw Michi's picture and I saw the whole thing, it was... It was a no-brainer. It was not even a decision. I can hear in your voice your objective and subjective commitment to this healing modality, to this healing process, to this life journey that um, this healing brings people about to and on i mean in and really thinking of this what do you honestly wish to accomplish that again is a big question so i think we're going to go and break and i will answer it when we come back searching for a deeper meaning in life. The possibility exists to create our life from the perspective of our true divine nature, where the experience of joy, love, abundance, freedom, and peace is our birthright. On the Inner Frontier, host Darlene Green presents a new topic every week with a high-frequency conversation to support a gentle revealing of the divine that is unique to you. Tune in every Thursday at 11 a.m. Pacific Time and 2 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America 7th Wave Channel for The Inner Frontier. 
Kalamni is an ancient, proven technique of energy healing. Kalamni uses the universal light to stimulate the healing mechanisms of the body. It's very gentle and yet powerful, and it can easily be learned and successfully practiced by anyone. You too can learn Kalamni and help yourself and your loved ones to feel better. A three-day training workshop will be taught by Marie Helen Turin in Cedar Rapids, Iowa on August 26th, 27th, and 28th. For more information or to reserve your space, visit MarieHelenNow.com. Click Kalamni, then Courses. Spoiler alert, a space of being may cause spontaneous laughter, extra money, ease, joy, magic showing up in your life, and outrageously orgasmic moments. Join Grace Hart live every Wednesday at 2 p.m. U.S. Pacific Time on the Voice America 7th Wave Channel, where she combines her psychic abilities and the tools of access consciousness to assist you to create a totally different reality and transform your personal and professional life, including relationships and finance. I wonder what magical possibilities await you at a space of being. You're listening to Blooming in the Light. To reach our program today, please call 1-866-472-5795. That's 1-866-472-5795. You may also send an email to kalamni at gmail.com. Now, back to the program. So you wanted to know, what would I like to do with this? Well, what happened is that I used Kalamni just for my family for about 13 years, 14 years. And, um, you know, psychologically, I was not ready to share that. The way it happened, you know, me having this vision was just too weird for me to share it. And I would never even have thought that I would ever share that on the air. But um, so I just worked with my family, um, helped the kids, the parents. My father at one point had uh, bone cancer. And um, when I would work on him, it would take the pain away. So that was really fantastic. And then at one point, I was asked to help someone. And uh, I did. I gave her Kolemni, and after 15 minutes, she had no more pain. And she said, uh, so where is your practice? And I said, I have no practice. She said, oh, you see people at home? I said, no, I see nobody. And she looked at me. She said, you have this, and you don't share it? And I honestly felt like somebody had thrown a bucket of cold water on me. And I realized that... uh, I just couldn't do that any longer. No matter how I felt, how shy I felt, I just had to go out and share it. So I reconnected with Michigo that I had lost track of for a while. And um, I told her, Michi, I, I need you to train me so I can share it with people. And she said, oh, yes, well, we'll do a, an instructor course. Um, so I went to West Virginia and she trained me with other people. And I uh, became an instructor. And um, what I would really like to do, you know, I, you've heard my accent. I'm French. And uh, um, I'm American, too. But I live between both countries. And uh, in Europe, in all of Europe, I'm the only one teaching Kolemni. And that cannot last. So um, 
what I'm really hoping is that I will be able to reach out to um, other countries in Europe. I can teach in English, I can teach in French. One of my students can teach in um, Italian. So I'm really hoping that we will get the knowledge of Colony out there and that people will want it and will learn it. There should be, in each family, there should be at least a couple of columnists. The other day we were working as a group on a woman who is, she has cancer, and um, she's receiving chemo. And of course, you know, columnist does not replace medicine, but it can really help it. This woman said that her chemo sessions where she said, I am in such a state of grace during the sessions. And, um, but of course, there are several of us. We've been working on her as a group because it's a really difficult situation. And she even said, this cancer was a gift given to me so that I could meet these wonderful people. And when you hear that, I cry. I'm sorry, but I cry when I hear something like that. It's just so amazing that we can do that. And uh, this woman is in France. I work from the U.S. We, you know, we, I work with other people from different countries. We work together. We just help other people. And uh, I just feel that no woman should be giving birth without having been offered to learn Kolemni. It is something that is just so beneficial that I want to spread it as mm. far and wide as I can. It seems to me that not only learning this is very important to you, it, it comes across that teaching and education of this is important to you as well. When it comes to the subject of education, why is that so important to you? Well, to me, education is the basis of any culture or civilization. And I feel that the, the education in the Greek sense is not available anymore, you know. Know yourself and you will know the universe and the gods. That Socrates' sentence is long gone. And our civilizations or our cultures, our societies, whatever we want to call them, are in trouble. Because people, children, are not aware of the unity of mankind. You know... We study physics, and we learn that there is a quantum field of life. And we learn, we, we're getting close to that field of the light. We're getting close to understanding this universal value, that the universal reality that we're all made of. But none of us, or very few of us, and I don't pretend I'm one of them, are really living in a daily basis, that reality that the other person, the other, the blade of grass, the tree, 
is just another version of myself. And I feel that education, not like, you know, we do very often nowadays, not professional training, but education in the deeper sense should bring that reality, should bring that awareness to someone. That's the real purpose. And nowadays we see an improvement. Many schools are starting to teach meditation, whether it is transcendental meditation or others. But many schools are starting to realize that there is a value to giving the experience of inner peace to children. And I believe it should be a very important part of education that people reach that deep level within themselves and become aware of the fact that I am that. When it comes to learning, when it comes to education, uh, I always break it down into five parts. I break it down into the what, the how, the why, the where, and the when. Now, you've really taught quite a bit, okay? Um, when you are teaching, when you are uh, giving your message, when you are telling your journey story for consumption of others, I'm really going to focus on the how. You know, how do you teach? Do you have a particular teaching style or method? There are many things, yes. One thing is we learn and we remember easier what is fun. If it is boring, forget the whole thing. And we do forget the whole thing. So, yes, a sense of humor, uh, making it fun, making it pleasant, making it lively is really important. That I think, um, you know, we, we, need, we need to engage the attention. So this is personally my focus. Also, hope. Hope for success. We study better if we think that we are going to succeed. And so it is very important that the student knows that the teacher is there entirely devoted for their success and that they have an ally. The teacher is the ally of the student. That's another point that is very important. And um, when I was teaching, I would, I, if, I was, if I was giving children a test at 11 o'clock, I'd always bring some food because I was teaching juniors in high school and at 11 o'clock, they're hungry. So I always bring some, brought some, some food so they would be able to focus on their work and they knew I wanted them to succeed. So how you teach is you actually bring care into the classroom. Right. Absolutely. Spot on. Speaking of the classroom, speaking of care, and really noting 
the what now, the what of this show. What are some of the topics, if not all of the topics that you plan on coursing through, you know, in, you know, your first 13 weeks of having the show? Well, I want to cover some of the topics that we've just touched on, touched on here. I want um, to go deeper into Kolemni, of course, what it is, how it works, what it has brought me, what it has brought other people, and um, how it differs also from other techniques, because it is quite different from other techniques. So this is going to be, there's going to be a few of that. I mean, a few hours on those topics. I want to do one on special people, of course. And, um, you know, one way to call them is differently able people. So that we become aware of the wealth that we have there. I also um, plan on talking about the programs that are available at the moment, uh, the transcendental meditation program that are being used in schools um, to help our veterans, all these things, because we see a lot, we know of a lot of um, celebrities who practice transcendental meditation, but I want to share with people what it is to not be a celebrity and practice transcendental meditation. I have practiced this for 40 years, so um, I have an idea of what it can do. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So, um, and then I want to bring some people. um, I want to bring some people, uh, like for education, I want to talk about education, and um, I will have some guests, former students of mine, who are now using... Um, some of the principles in their own teaching. Um, I will be uh, discussing also topics. I would like to bring in uh, somebody who's, uh, who has developed another technique, um, which is also an energy technique, which is different, but sometimes we work together, uh, very complementary to Kolemni. Um, but mostly what I want to um to do is help people see that there are practical tools out there, practical things that we can do, and their techniques and attitudes. Our attitudes are techniques, whether we focus on being positive, to react to things with compassion, you know, we cannot, con- we cannot control what happens to us. We know that. But we can control how we react to things. And that is very, very important. And there are tools that will help us to control how we react to things, how we choose to react to things. And um, I feel that I have been gifted with these things, that they're extremely valuable. They have made my life a much better one. And uh, I will be very happy to share this information with our listeners. How, where, and when can people actually contact you, reach you, uh, get to you? 
So I have a Kulemni Facebook page, and also they can email me at kulemni at gmail.com. I also have a uh, Kulemni webpage, which is kulemni.info. And how do you spell that out, please? K-O-L-A-I-M-N-I. Kolamni. It means connecting with the light. So you have been listening to Blooming in the Light. I am your host, Marie-Helen Turin. I thank you for being with us for this one hour and I thank Winston Price for helping me in reaching out and letting you know who I am and what I am going to do. So until we talk again, I wish you a wonderful, bright week. Goodbye. Thank you for joining us today for Blooming in the Light. Please join Marie Helen Turin again next Thursday at 10 a.m. Pacific Time and 1 p.m. Eastern Time for another edition of the program on the Voice America 7th Wave Channel. Have a blessed week. Thanks again for listening to the preceding program brought to you on the 7th Wave Network. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit 7thWaveNetwork.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit VoiceAmerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the preceding program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management.